0: Welcome to Walking by Faith. Pastor Dwayne has prepared a great message today, entitled, How to Feed Your Spirit. He'll explain how the Bible is the food for your spirit and the anchor for your soul. The more you put into learning the word, the more you'll get out of it. Like blessings, healing, wisdom, and eternal life. The more you meditate on the word, the more your life will be transformed and your mind renewed. Come take a look.
1: You know, we were singing about the good life. Um, It's in Ephesians 2.10. That it says, God has prepared good works for you to do. He's prepared paths for you to take. Living the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you. Now The world tells you that if you follow God, you're going to miss it. The truth is, if you follow the world, you're going to miss it. Because it's in God that you will find the good life. The life that you were created for. And of course, God created us. He knows exactly what will fulfill us and it's not the things that the world tells us are going to fulfill us well today i want to i want to start this message back in the old testament with moses he's bringing the children of israel out of egypt they come through the dead the red sea excuse me god opens the sea the enemies are drowned Manna comes down from heaven. Moses goes up on the mountain, spends 40 days with God, comes back with a part of what is our Bible today. And as they're going through the wilderness, the Bible says that the soul of the people became discouraged on the way. They, they are going down in what is today the Judean wilderness, the Negev. Um, it's rocky, it's hot. Everything there has a pricker on it. you know, And, and they're, they're discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there was no food, no water. Our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. They bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned we've spoken against the Lord and against you, pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and it will be that everyone who's bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was. If a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked on the bronze serpent, he lived. So Moses makes the serpent puts it up on the pole, and after someone had been bit, they looked, there was deliverance, there was healing, there was salvation. Now, that serpent is a type of Jesus. It's interesting how John three sixteen, the best-known verse in the Bible, but right before it, this is what the, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Jesus is saying that serpent is a type of himself, that just like the serpent was lifted up and people needed to look to the serpent, he said, I'm going to be lifted up and people need to look to me, that there's salvation, there's deliverance when we look to Jesus. Now, the serpent was made of bronze, which is judgment, type of, it rep, bronze always represents judgment in the Bible. So what happened at the cross is sin was judged. Jesus went to the cross not because of what Pilate or the Romans did. Not because of what the Jews did. The Bible says in Romans 4, he was delivered up because of our offenses. Who sent Jesus to the cross? You did. I did. Right? And on the cross, Jesus paid for your sin. Sin was judged, paid for at the cross. Well, that was kind of the the end of it. They go on and continue on their journey. But the Bible tells us that about 700 years later, there's a king by the name of Hezekiah, and there is revival happening in Israel. And it says, he removed the high places, broke down the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden idols, all forms of idolatry, And broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel had burned incense to it. So so God used that bronze serpent, a type of Jesus, and there came deliverance and there came healing to the people. For 700 years, they're burning incense to the serpent. And they're worshiping the serpent for 700 years. Now, did God use the serpent? Yeah. But were they supposed to get attached to the serpent? Were they supposed to get attached to the way that God blessed them? No. But you realize we, we can do something very similar to that. We can get attached to what God uses. But very often what we do, we get married to something that God did, Right? We can get married to a type of music. We can get married to a song. We can get married to a person that God uses. In fact, Paul had to deal with that with the Corinthians. He said, look, some of you you think that it's Paul. Some of you think it's Apollos. He said, look, he said, I planted Apollos watered, but it's God who gave the increase. And you need to get hooked up to God, not to the faucet of Paul or the faucet of Apollos. Right? See, what we can do is we can get blessed someplace and get so enamored by what we get blessed with that we forget where that blessing comes from, right? And we can can literally think that the only way that God's going to move is the way that God moved in the past, but it is not true. In fact, Jesus was dealing with, with the Pharisees about this. And he's talking to them about a lot of the customs and the things that they're doing. And he says, look, it's just your tradition. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 13, he says, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down in many such things you do. Now notice, he said, you make God's word of no effect. God's word does not work for you. He said, because of your tradition. Because you're following a tradition, you're following something that God used at one time, right? You're following an idea that somebody had, and you're missing out on what God has for you. You know, the Bible tells us in Mark, the last chapter, in fact, it's the last verse, it says that they went out and preached the word everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following so that, this is what it means. It means that God does the word. God does not do what you expect him to do. God does the Bible. God does not do what you think he ought to do. He does the Bible. God doesn't do what tradition says he should do. He does the Bible. He confirms what? The word. See, he's, the Bible says that he's watching over his word to perform it. Right? But if you and I are following a tradition, instead of a word, from the, the word of God, we're going to make the word of God of no effect. Right? We can have a tradition. As a church, we could say, well, you know, somebody's sick, we should have a bulletin board in the back, and we'll put their name on the bulletin board. Right? That's a tradition. But the Bible says lay hands on the sick, doesn't it? It says anoint the sick in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. We can follow a tradition, or we can follow the word. Uh, water baptism I th- it is such a powerful spiritual reality that God shows up, right? But yet we can just say, oh, well, that's not, that's not anything important. And Jesus said, do this to fulfill all righteousness. Right? But we can go with our thought instead of what the Word says. Now, um, I-, I was brought up in church. We-, we went to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night. Um, some of you stayed home and watched Lassie at night. I did not get to watch Lassie. I watched Lassie two times in my entire childhood, and that's because I pretended to be sick so I could stay home. Now, we, were, we were in church all the time. All right? now, now, here's the interesting thing. I, I went to church there for 20 years. Not one time did I ever see or hear a person get saved or see an altar call, right? because this was what we, we, we believed. We believed that God had decided who would be saved before he made the world. Right? And if you were supposed to be saved, you were going to be saved. But you say, I don't want to be saved. doesn't matter. You're going to be saved. And if you're supposed to go to hell, you're going to hell. You say, but I don't want to go. doesn't matter. You're going to go. All right? So, so, so I'm, I'm hearing that. I'm picking that up. All right? And, and I'm like 10, 11, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. I remember laying on my bed and, and trying to give my life to God. Now, I didn't know how because I'd never seen anybody do it. I'd never heard it. But I tried, and and, and, and I'm laying there, and it seemed like nothing happened. So this was my thought. Now, I don't know what I was expecting to happen, but I thought something would happen. So my thought was, I'm one of those that are supposed to go to hell, 10 years old. And I thought, I may as well go for something. So I proceeded to give God some reasons for 10 years. And then, somebody opened a Bible. Showed me Romans 10, 13. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I mean, that, that, that one verse for me, it took that tradition and just crushed it into powder. Later, I found Romans 8, 29, which says, whom he foreknew, he predestined. Now, this is what that means. God's foreknowledge is God's ability to look ahead and see what, you say, see what you're going to do. How many of you realize what you do tomorrow is not going to be a surprise to God? When you confess your sins, not when he finds out about them. All right? So God, foreknowledge, he looks ahead and sees. And the Bible says, whom he foreknew, who, whom he looked ahead and saw, he predestined. God did not choose for you. He just saw what you did, and everybody who chose Jesus, he predestined. So somebody said, what, that, that's, what pre, that's all it is. It's election. he so said, but what about how, election? What is that? Well, there is an election. All right? You get one vote. God gets one vote. Devil gets one vote. You vote with the devil, you're going the wrong way. You vote with God, you win the election. You're elect. You just vote with God just that simple. But that, that tradition kept me in darkness for a decade. Following people, again, Paul said, it's not me, it's not Apollos, it's God that gives the increase. Romans 1 for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Right? So The gospel, what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, it is the power of God to everyone who believes. What that means is this, that when you believe the gospel, the same power that was in the event is released to you today when you believe. That's powerful. That's powerful. Back to Exodus. They come out of Egypt. Again, ten plagues. Red Sea, manna from heaven, water coming out of a rock. Moses is up on the mountain with God. And the Bible says that every place they went, there was a pillar of cloud that led the way. And at night, it was a pillar of fire. But they come to the edge of the promised land, and Moses dies. In Joshua chapter 1, excuse me, Moses died. God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. How would you and me would like to follow Moses? I mean, there had been a whole lot of stuff happening under Moses, including that pillar of, of cloud by day and fire by night. But now it's gone. And God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, and then you will make your way prosperous and have good success now what does he do he said don't don't look for the pillar anymore don't look for the cloud anymore he said i want you to go to the word go to the word of god the prophet habakkuk said this he said i'll stand my watch i'll set myself on the rampart and i will watch NIV. i will look to see what he will say to me now here's what most christians want We want goosebumps. We want somebody to come up and say, thus saith the Lord, you shall marry, you shall buy, you shall work here, you shall go to school there. That's what we want, right? But notice what he said. He said, I will look to see what he will say to me. Where where is he looking? Where do you look to find out what God is saying to you? You look to the Bible. The Bible is unique in this way. The Bible claims to be God speaking to you and to me. It is God's word. Now, notice it says you shall meditate therein day and night. Right? Because literally, the Bible is food for your spirit. Right? Now, the spirit, that's your heart. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, if anyone's in Christ... You're a new creature, a new creation. The living Bible says you're a new person on the inside. And it is your spirit that gets saved. Now, the problem is this, that you are not just a spirit. You also have a soul or a mind. And your mind does not get saved. Your spirit gets saved. So you can have a heart full of Jesus and a mind full of junk. In fact, the truth is, when you get saved, everybody who gets saved, right when you get saved, you have a heart full of Jesus and a head full of junk. Yes, sir. All right. Now, what we've got to do is get rid of the junk. Are you right? Right. in here you are, but up here you're not. All right. So, so what the Bible is supposed to do is to fix your up here and change the way that you think. So God said To Joshua but he's saying the same thing to you and me he said look you need to get in that thing that Bible and you need to meditate in it day and night and notice then you will make your way prosperous and have good success see again you can have the Spirit of God on the inside the love of God in your heart but you can be messed up in your head and what God is saying he's saying what you need is the wisdom That I'm going to give you from my word to make your life prosperous and to have good success. Now, what we tend to do is we tend to look at some very unreliable authorities in making our decisions. Often we look to culture, which simply means, well, everybody's doing it. How many parents ever had your kids say that? Everybody's doing it. Yeah, all right? That's culture. You look around, well, everybody does that, so it must be all right. It's not all right because everybody does it. In in, in fact, it's not right if you think it's right or I think it's right. It's right if God says it's right. right? That needs to be our standard. In fact, in Isaiah 8, 20, it says it this way. The prophet says, if they don't speak according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. If they disagree with the Bible, they're wrong. Just that simple. (laughs) Then we look to reason. Well, it makes sense to me. Well, peanut brain, that doesn't matter. <laughs> if it doesn't line up with the Word, I say, said, there's no light. There's no truth in them. So, and then there's the emotions. And, and it is amazing how many people in our culture today, they are led by their emotions, kind of like their mantra. If it feels good, do it. Do it. It feels right. Well, listen, it can feel right and be wrong. It feeling right doesn't make it right, right? All four of these, they're just flawed. What we need is a perfect standard that will never lead us in the wrong direction. So Solomon said it this way. He said, every word of God, it is flawless. Every word, it's flawless. Remember this. The kingdom of God will work for you on the same level that you're committed to the kingdom. It'll work for you on the same level you're committed to the kingdom. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to everyone who believes. See, every part you don't believe, you don't get. It works for you on the same level that you're committed to it. And there's a test for all of those voices. And it's God's word. Does it line up with the word? God's word is food for your inner man. It says in in second peter it says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby look you will never grow spiritually if you are not in your bible how many of you had breakfast how many already had lunch plan to have dinner ice cream snack come on we feed our bodies multiple times every day and many of us believe that spiritually we can be healthy with one meal a week if you just ate one physical meal a week how many of you know you'd be anemic you'd be in trouble and the same thing is true spiritually we need to feed our spirit and your body eats matthew mark luke and john acts and romans and corinthians right? so we need to feed our inner man james 1 Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Now, again, your soul in one mind, it's your mind. That's your soul. But it says that the Bible is able to save your soul. Again, when you receive Jesus, your spirit's saved. But your soul, your mind, is in a process of being saved. Right? And it's saved with God's word. God's ideal way of changing us is to have us read the Bible and find out how we should live and then depend on the Holy Spirit who is indwelling us to enable us to live that way. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, We should read the Bible not for ourselves but against ourselves. Got that? Not for ourselves but against ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11, it says, These things happen to them as examples. And they're written for our admonition, on whom the ends of the world have come. All right. How many know that's us? We're the, one, the ends of the world. We're, we're close. Right? Now those things are written for our admonition. You can check me out. In the Greek, you, you can literally translate this, slap your face. These things are written to slap your face. Right? You, see, you, you read your Bible, you ought to get slapped a few times. Right? In fact, if you read your Bible in the morning, don't get slapped, keep reading until you at least get one slap. Uh, Rick Renner is going to be here again in in January. Rick is an outstanding Greek scholar. And uh, he is working on a translation of the New Testament. And and I've got part of it back in in, uh, my library. And I took his 2 Timothy 3.16, and I want to read it to you. This is his expanded translation. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is mandatory, essential, An absolute requirement for those things we affirm and believe to be true. It brings reproof, correction, and censure into our lives. It can take anyone, including those who've been knocked flat on their back in life, and it can set them back up on their feet again, regardless how long they've been down and out. The Word of God will make them once again stand erect and upright it will put them back on level ground, fully equip them to successfully live life by a higher standard that leads to upright, godly, clean living. You see, the Bible is not just a book about doctrine. The Bible is God speaking to you, right? It generates life. It brings faith. It produces change. It frightens the devil causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, cleanses your mind, breathes things into being, guarantees your future. It cleanses, it corrects, it warns, it brings peace, and it should be a part of every believer's life every single day, every day. Now, I want to close with an admonition that was given to the kings of Israel. And it's just as true for us as it was for him. It says, also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write for himself a copy of the law in the book from the one before the priests and the Levites. Now, of course, this was the day of scholars when you couldn't go and buy a book. It had to be written out. By hand. He said, have a copy. And it shall be with him. And he shall read from it all the days of his life. That he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to be careful to observe all the words of the law and these statutes. That his heart may not be lifted up above his brethren. And that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left. And that he may prolong in the days of his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. See, if you'll spend time every day in God's word, it will impart wisdom to you. It will impart faith to you. You will have something that is so lacking in our culture, the fear of the Lord. It says it will keep you from being proud, thinking you're better than other people. God's word will work on the inside of you every single day. But you and I need to put that word in our heart. The, the, the proverb says, "The way of the Lord is strength to the upright." In other words, every time you do it God's way, it's going to bring strength to that area of your life. When you do marriage God's way, every time you do it God's way, it'll strengthen your marriage. All you need to do is live life God's way. See, it imparts faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is an anchor, Hebrews 6:19 for your soul we are living in turbulent times and and times are changing faster than they have ever changed right culture is going in crazy directions you need an anchor for your soul and if you build your life on god's word you will have an anchor in uncertain times you will be solid right jesus said it's like you build your house on the rock Now, if you're watching but you don't know where you stand with God, or you're away from God and you say, I want to get right. I want to be forgiven. I want to live my life for God. I want to be a part of that kingdom of God. I want you to just bow your head. Pray this prayer out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart, all of my life. I'm gonna live for him every day. I thank you, you've heard my prayer, that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm your child today and forever, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, congratulations, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. Pastor wrote a book, Your New Life, and we'd love to give you a free copy. There are all types of answers to questions you might have like the importance of being a part of a local church, water baptisms, and the Word of God, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book to be mailed to you, or you can download it right there. Either way, it's absolutely free. When you check out walkingbyfaith.tv, you can also purchase a copy of today's message, How to Feed Your Spirit, in the WBF Store. If this ministry is feeding you and blessing you spiritually, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give and click on the giving option that's right for you. Go renew your mind and transform the way you think. We'd love to pray with you or answer any questions you might have. So give us a call, send us an email, or check us out online. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, Pastor Wayne will be teaching on Good God, Bad Devil. Don't miss Understanding the Spiritual World. Until then, be blessed.